Assalamu alaikum. It is Thursday, the third of uh, February two thousand and twenty two, and in our series Reflections on the Holy Quran, this is broadcast number two hundred ninety eight. And uh, these days we are discussing the meaning of the words of uh, chapter 2 verse 98 of the Holy Quran and this is the third broadcast in that series. Um, just to remind you that uh, these broadcasts are brought to you by the Lahore MDA community which was created by Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmed Sahib. He taught us that although people believe that uh, a prophet will come after the Holy Prophet Muhammad, the Holy Quran says that the Holy Prophet is Khatamun Nabiji. And the Holy Prophet explained, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, explained that by saying, La Nabi Abadi. So now no prophet can come. Old one, only one. And uh, when there is a need, reformers or mujaddids will be appointed by Allah to guide this Ummah to the right path. And the Holy Prophet said, <clears throat> now, this will of course lead to disagreements, um, but the Hazrat Mizawlam Ahmed pointed out that although people are keen to start shouting kafir, kafir, heretic, heretic, but the Holy Prophet Muhammad had said that if one reciter of the, of, uh, of the Kalima says to another, you are not a Muslim, then this charge reverts back to the person who says that. Again, people say that uh, some prophetic revelation is missing from the Holy Quran, like Ayah Rajam and Surah Malayat and so on. But God says in the Holy Quran that I have revealed it and I will guard it. So how can anything be missing from it. And Hazrat Mirza taught that although people say that parts of the Holy Quran are abrogated or cancelled, this is not true. We do not believe 
that any part of the Holy Quran was, is or ever shall be abrogated. And jihad is a duty of every Muslim. But jihad is defined by the Holy Prophet Muhammad وسلم, who said of returning from fighting that Muslims are returning from the minor jihad to the major jihad and explained that the major jihad is to fight with your own inner desires, greed and lust and whatever have you. That is the jihad a Muslim needs to conduct 24 hours a day. So let us now turn to Verse 98. This time let I make very sure that I'm reciting the correct verse because in the Urdu broadcast I started off by reciting the previous verse. A'udhu Billahi Minash Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim Man kana adunvalillahi wa malaikatihi wa rusulihi wa jibreela wa mithala who, whoever is an enemy to Allah and his angels and his messengers and Gabriel and Michael, then surely Allah is an enemy to such disbelievers. I had uh, intended to cover the word which is the topic for today but uh, I think it will probably take three broadcasts just to explain the significance of this word. I wish I could impress upon people the depth of meanings of the words of the Holy Quran that it can take three broadcasts, some three hours to explain. I was going to say full, but I don't think even then it will be the full significance and meaning of the uh, this word. But anyway, let's turn to uh, our computer dictionary and see what we have. This word has the triliteral root, mean, lam, kaf. And there are actually three segments. Wa is one segment and. And then he at the end, that's a pronoun. So the main word, malaikati, is in the middle. And it's uh, 
toiletry root as i said mim lam kaf and it occurs in the holy quran 206 times which mean <coughs> and uh 10 different words based on this root are found in the holy quran or as a grammarian would say 10 different derived formats 88 times as malak and 48 times as mulk and 44 times as malakat and 15 times as malik so um this is meaning having power over possessing something and uh, it's also uh, the proper noun as used in chapter 43 verse 77 banado ya maliku o malik means kingdom or kingship sovereignty dominion authority and of course it means king and so on means angels wa isqala rabbuka lil malaikati inni ja'ilun fil fil ardi khalifa said to the angels angels etc okay let's see what are the noun it is kingdom master etc so <clears throat> as i said mim lam kaf is the triliteral root and uh, as i was saying earlier on it means to have power over something to possess something it also stands for uh, authority government stands for the support on which something someone depends and that is why uh, in some places water and and food this word is used for that for example uh, arabia is is a desert and if you find a little valley where uh, you have water and grass and all this kind of thing then fil wadiul malik or malikan why because all the living things what they depend on the resources they need to survive are there there is water there is shade there is grass etc etc this word is used for water as well in in um, in the desert because life depends on that water and uh, there is uh, 
a saying that uh, in all matters, the one with the water is fine. Anything, any source or resource which causes something that had gone awry, that had gone wrong, to be corrected, you use the same word, Milakal Amr. When I say same word, I'm talking about the words derived from the root. It's maybe different words, but they derive from the same root. And uh, so, for honor, dignity, power, government, although the word is used for all of them, it also applies to Allah. Because his government is over the whole universe. And everything depends on him for its survival and development and so on. So that is why <clears throat> this word is used for God. And uh, that ownership that God has, you see, there, there, there can be two reasons that you have authority over something. One is like, uh, you know, uh, some dictator, Hitler or um, Stalin, you just want to make everyone afraid of you. Make sure that they don't disagree with you. Make sure that they just do what you said regardless of whether it's right or wrong or whatever it is. But another way that you can have something and have controls over something is to create a balance so that it operates properly and that you guide it. You guide it so that it operates correctly. So one aspect of my life is all those things which make sure that this universe is operating properly. See, so if, if you go back and uh, look at the translation, whoever is an enemy to Allah and his angels, that's the first thing that is mentioned, angels, not anything else. Why? Because angels are the beings, the sources, the forces that keep this universe in balance. 
you know, that it's a very delicate balance of forces. If the moon were to move slightly, it will create havoc on earth. If the earth was to move slightly, if any of the planets or moons or these uh, astronomical bodies were to move, there'll be complete chaos. There'll be complete chaos. <clears throat> the whole system will be disrupted. Now, you see, God has created this delicate balance and he has also created this delicate balance on this earth between living things. Human beings are uh, a living thing, but so are other animals, so are plants. A mango tree is much a living thing as a cow or a camel or a human being even. But human beings forget this. They think that this world, that this planet was created just for them to exploit. But God says that you blame me when something goes wrong. But it's your own deeds that cause, that, that, that cause things to go wrong. Why don't you accept responsibility and say that, you know, it's what you did and accept. Because that is the first step towards putting things right. And these malai, these forces, these angels, these laws, We've been disrupting them, particularly for the last 200 years. And we can see the difference that it has made. We are having more and more frequent forest fires all over the world. There were forest fires in, in the United States. There were forest fires in, in, in Australia. And they burned for weeks. And they were out of control. Why? Because the system, the forces, the malai that kept the whole thing in balance have been disturbed. Human beings have turned out to be the enemies of those malai. And God says at the end of the verse, well, you know, I am their enemy. And that is that I've given them guidance, but they've chosen to ignore it. So what do, you, what do they want me to do about it now? And uh, some years, last year, I think it was, that there was a young boy who lived uh, 
uh, in an area, there's a road called the North Circular. It sort of goes round on the upper part of London and it's very congested and there's a huge amount of traffic. And this boy was ill. He had asthma and he had a severe attack and he died. Why did he die? Because the balance of air in that area had been disturbed. He could not get enough oxygen into his blood. Human beings had become enemies of the malaic that were keeping that balance. And it's a very delicate balance. So we were talking about uh, uh, life de depending on water in the desert. But life depends on water everywhere. In the desert you might die because you don't have water. There are other places where you might die because the water you use to wash or drink or whatever is so polluted. And every time the same excuse is trotted out, we don't have the money. Well, I suppose you can save money on uh, purifying water and then when you die, because you've been drinking polluted water, you can use those savings to build yourself a mass great structure over your grave. With words like, hey lies the idiot. But these words might seem harsh to you. But this is the reality of the situation. Because of global warming, because we've increased the, the percentage of carbon dioxide in the air. The ice packs in the North Pole and South Pole are melting very fast. The glaciers in Himalayas are melting very fast. And they reckon if this continues, then Perhaps in five years' time, there'll be little water in Pakistan. That's the speed at which these glaciers are melting. These glaciers had been there for tens of thousands of years, for millions of years. And human beings, through their arrogance, through their enmity to Malai, Malaika have managed to destroy them in about 150, 125 years. But who's going to suffer? Human beings. As I said, North Pole and South Pole, the ice there is melting. That's raising sea levels. So what's going to happen to all the uh, uh, coastline communities. 
the water, sea water will rise and those communities, those cities, those towns, those villages will drown. People living there may not die, I mean they may move elsewhere, but the point is this. The area over which humans can live will be reduced. And we need land, not just to for housing, we need it for farming. What are we going to eat? We need it for factories to work in. We need it for schools and hospitals and colleges and God knows what else. If that land mass is reduced, then we'll have mass congestion. Many countries will disappear. Mauritius will disappear. Bangladesh will more or less disappear. So where are those people going to be placed? They probably just drown and die. Why? Because of our enmity for Malaika. The angels that were keeping the balance in the atmosphere. We hated them. We destroyed them. I mean, what did we do? We said, well, I want to get from A to B and I've invented this car. I know it's emitting carbon dioxide, which is polluting the air, but it gets me from A to B in 15 minutes. Whereas if I walked or, I don't know, used a horse or whatever, it would take me two hours to save that one hour, 45 minutes. I'm quite happy to contaminate clean air. So why should I then complain when there are dire consequences of what I do and then I find that I can't breathe or there isn't enough clean water to drink and so on. The Holy Quran says, you blame, you know, God says in Holy Quran, Allah says, you blame me. But this is a consequence of your own deeds. I didn't do this. You did. I gave you guidance. I gave you a balanced planet to live on. I gave you Malaika, the angels that control that balance. And this in fact goes back to story of creation. God said, I created Adam. And uh, Satan, Iblis said, He's going to cause nothing but problems. And Allah said, well, my knowledge is greater than yours.
So God knew we will do this. This is why in the Holy Quran over and over again it warns us. This is why over and over again God sent prophets to guide us because he knew what we were going to do. But we took no heed. We paid no heed. For small advantage here and there we incurred the enmity of these malaika. That is just one aspect of the use of this word that we looked at today. There are many other aspects and I want to spend some time considering those aspects because they are very important as well. And they also have been misunderstood because we think angels are, you know, the, these beings made of light and they have uh, uh, wings and they fly about and all this kind of thing, etc. Well, I don't know, maybe there are. But certainly I believe that everything that keeps this whole universe ticking over nicely in balance in a very delicate balance and the laws that do that. They are the Malaik, the Malaika, God appointed to do these things. But we've turned out to be the enemies of those angels, of those Malaik. <clears throat> This brings us to the end of our broadcast for today and uh, I hope that uh, we'll meet again for these broadcasts on, on uh, Tuesday but certainly tomorrow we'll have the usual Friday service and uh, other normal broadcasts. With a prayer that whoever you are and wherever you may be, may Allah keep everyone safe and sound and free from harm. From harm, I take my leave of you. Assalamu alaikum, Khuda Hafiz, and goodbye.